right here, so. Oh, we topped Whoa. it. He cold topped it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. Welcome back to another episode of the Bogey Boys podcast. You're joined here by your hosts, Kevin and Mark. This is season three, episode 34, Rory Reigns. Without lifting a finger. Without lifting a finger. Plenty to talk about on that subject today. Yes. A quick run through then what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go... The news Tiger Woods has brought out his Jupiter Golf Links team for TGL. We've got Live. Love to see Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Live Golf opening the transfer window. Talk about that. Yeah. Got the usual birdie bogey bust segment and the usual golf news and reviews. So, Kevin, how's things? Things are good, Miami. Things are good. The Academy is in full swing. Appear on clothing. Has got, as anyone watching the video of this might see, uh, New samples have arrived and they feel good. Can't wait to get these on the market. Unbelievable, yeah. So much lightweight and breathability in this one. Yeah, this is like a new mid layers, comfortable, stylish. Like we are moving on to the next level of things with with the clothing. Yeah. It's been a busy few months, couple of um tweaks to add to the comments, and then we'll be ready to Stock a pro shop near you coming soon, 2024. Let's go, baby. Yeah, spring summer 24 collection is officially done now, isn't it? A it couple is. More, couple more tweaks, like you say, and we're ready to rock. Yeah, and then obviously anyone listening, we've put a few things out on the socials, on the appear on socials about pro shops and connections. Anyone that can point us in the right direction of anyone that might want to stock the clothing, do yeah. not hesitate to call out. Time is a running out. It is. Yeah. Okay, then. Um, on to- okay, then. <laughs> You're never getting away with that on this podcast, matey boy. Never, never. I don't know what happened there. <clears throat> Golf news, then. First up, we mentioned it last week. We went through the TGL, didn't we? Obviously, Kevin's not a fan. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, five teams were announced. We've now heard of the sixth team. Tiger Woods will move forward with the Jupiter Golf Links, are they called? What are they called, yeah? I believe so, yeah. Let me just... I've got it on my notes here. They are called, yeah, Jupiter Golf Links. So, Tiger co-owns this team as well as being the captain of the ship. Um, It's alongside David Blitzer, who is the co-managing partner of NBA's Philadelphia 76ers. And the NHL's New Jersey Devils. Interesting. So one of the big boy franchise owner. Exactly, yeah. Um, one thing Tiger did come out and say, obviously when he announced that he would be taking over, obviously he's from Jupiter, Florida, isn't he? And that's where he lives. Is he from Jupiter, Florida? I think he's there? from Windermere, Florida, Florida, isn't he? Yeah, but he's Florida, Florida born. Florida born, yeah. Yeah, so he lives in Jupiter now. So made sense. And we did call that last week, didn't we? That it's we likely going to go that way. So... Um, yeah, when he's come out, he's obviously said some good things about how excited he is to get started on the on the TGL, as you'd expect. But he's also, um, I don't know what would you call this, a dig at Liv. He said, some of the stuff I've seen on Liv, I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on here. It's very simple. Yeah, well, it's got to say that, Annie. What? 
he's got to say something like that, and it's like yeah. it's basically his baby, isn't it? Him and Rory, him and Rory, yeah. But we will, we will, as a wise man once said, not too far away from me, we'll see what comes of it. <laughs> we will. Um, one thing he has mentioned, which I want to talk on today generally, golf takes about five or six hours to play. In today's world, with all of our smartphones, it's hard for anybody to go five or six hours without looking at their phones. So the shorter the time, the better it is, which is good for this, but it's not so good for promoting golf in general. Well, yeah, he's like, he's down and he's biting the hand that feeds and fed him. I was thinking that, yeah. So I didn't know how to take that comment there. Um, You've got to move with the times. Like, obviously, he's just trying to basically pitch to the younger generation with less attention span like we know that if we put a you put a video out longer than five seconds and no one's watching it and they watch it on silence so you need captions it's like you've got to move it where the attention's going isn't it yeah i well, suppose we, we spoke about this last week didn't we you know it's going to be faster um more interactive with the fans because it's, it's in a stadium so it's likely to use like you say get the get the younger generation involved it's just I don't know, a bit of a stab at the the general golf. Yeah, well, it's one of them, isn't it? It's he's just got to say what's right at the time for promoting the product that he's in. I think obviously he knows real golf still got a place, and he's just trying to appeal to the the techie Gen Gen yeah. Z fellas, isn't he? suppose yeah and women he did go on to give an update on his ankle as well he said my ankle is fine where they fused my ankle i have absolutely zero issues whatsoever that pain is completely gone it's the other areas that i have that i've been compensated for all the surrounding areas is where i have all my problems and still do um you fix one others have to become more hyper mobile to get around it and can it, it can lead to issues. Yeah, I seen that he said that he was caddying for four days in a hair, but it was thank God it was a flat course. So yeah. because we were watching that, weren't we thinking, is this the comeback that we like to see at this time of year? Tiger starts to well, this, show the, the, his face, and we get a bit of mass excitement for the Masters, don't we? But, well, this is me. My, that leads into my birdie. That's what you want to do. That time we're going to be up more let's golf go. news. No, well, there is more golf news, but let's just crack on with the birdie bogey bust. It's that time again, y'all. The birdie bogey bust. The birdie bogey bust. Birdie bogey bust. Right, so Tiger, there was at the Nota Bagay Junior Championships where he was caddying. He had a conversation with a guy called Michael something, which I've since forgotten. And it said, Tiger will win the Genesis in a few months. His legs getting stronger every day. His first priority has been a dad and his family, and he's a major champion in that. The greatest comeback story in sports history gets its newest chapter, Bucket. So, obviously, Tiger must have mentioned the Genesis to him. That's not too far away, the Genesis, is it? I know. So, was that Genesis normally what? February, is it? Unsure. It's before you the Masters, think that though, we've been it? doing a, a podcast for the last three they years. They change the schedule every year, don't they? They do, yeah. I don't know what's going, what's coming. So, yeah, that's what I, that was my birdie. That just, if someone's saying that. Tiger's going to win again. That's all, <laughs> all over that. Right back at it. it. My birdie is it's from the Butterfly Bermuda Championships. Oh, why? The Butterfield. Butterfield. What do we agree on? Butterfly, Butterfield. Well, we agreed on what it is. <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously Camille Villajegas ends a nine-year wait for a win on the PJ Tour. 
beating Alex Lauren by two shots. But it was a couple of things from his post interview. Obviously, as you know, tragically lost his daughter um, a couple of years ago. Uh, so obviously, it's been a, a tough road back for him. But uh, and he did mention obviously his little ones watching from above. Um, he mentioned obviously he loves the game. It's given him so many great things, uh, and in the process, it does kick his butt. So obviously, you could tell that. He was proud to be back on top, as as you would expect. But he also went on to mention about some tattoos that he's got on his wrist. So uh, his left wrist, it says attitude, and his right, it says positive energy. Um, He goes on to say there's lots of things that you can't control in your life, but there's a couple of things that you can. Uh, You've got to have a good attitude in life, which can be difficult at times, Uh, and energy. You can bring the energy to not only you, but the people around you, and that's something we all have to strive for. And I just think that outlook on life and golf was just me barely for the week. I think it was really good after after what he's been through, obviously, to come through that adversity and to to get back on top in golf is just it, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And obviously then, you know, the positive mindset behind having the ability to do that goes to show with his tattoos. That's it. It's one step further than writing PMA on your ball, isn't it? When you, and you can lose it. You're not losing your arm, are you? Like, on the course. No, no. Unless it's a freak accident. Yeah. But no, fair play to him. Like, getting... I've always liked Vajegas since he come with that unique putting, like, style. Yeah, it? Like, it was, uh, yeah, the big athletic I've, green the greens. Yeah, so, yeah, he's always been a bit of a... He was, like, a fan favourite coming through, like... Not many. Well, he was our hero, wasn't he? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's what Tiger was the first one to really get in the gym and be like a beast, one. And then Vijayas coming, he was an absolute beast, one. He and dead athletic. And you could have tried to do that putting, that reading of the putting in that, that way. I would pay to see that right now, you know, <laughs> right this second. No, you look right. Maybe but next. yeah, he's there. Yeah, he, I've, I've always had a bit of a, because he was like the first sort of like Colombian golfer to come through as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So he's just, he was always a bit of an anomaly. But I remember going to a couple of events in Spain and he was always at Wentworth and he was a he was a a figure that was always just around the, that's the it, TV yeah. World like you say, when the... we when we were going through college and, and um obviously over to America and even when we were finishing school, like he was the man that was sort of informed, wasn't it? So yeah, just... he was he was a beast. So yeah. nine years didn't think it'd been that long, like well, Yeah, two thousand and fourteen was the last time he won on the PJ tour, yeah. Fair he play. had a um, stretch of four birdies and five holes from the fifth. Which got him a bit of a lead, and then had that unbelievable up and down on seventeen, didn't he? Give him a two shot lead going down the last, and obviously then brought it home. Yeah, but it was obviously the quite emotional scenes at the end, and I just thought it was um, it was nice that he could obviously share that positivity. Um, yeah, because that could easily eat you up for the rest of your life, couldn't it? If oh. you if you don't have a positive attitude about it, so it's exactly yeah, yeah. Fair play to him. Well done, Camilo. Watch your bogey. It's got to be Brooksy, has it? Yeah. Gutted for him. I know. It's going so well as well. Is this Joe Brooks um out playing final stage of Q school? Well, it was the roller coaster as well to get there. Like he was yeah. he bogeyed the last to get into to get into the miss out no to get into the playoff, then he ended up getting in the in the second stage, then he ended up bogeying the playoff hole. We'd have to get him on to talk about it, won't we? Yeah, a million percent. Because even the first even the first stage, he shot eight under final round in first stage to get through to second stage, didn't he? Yeah, and then obviously bogeying that playoff hole, then getting the he was first reserve or second reserve, then he got a call up to be in final stage, like, and then it just thought it was written in the in the stars, didn't you? But well, yeah, he was four four under five under got in, and he was four under after two rounds, and then unfortunately shot five over in round three, and then he shot three under today, so he finished two under total, three off the um, the cut mark, 
making the cut in the top 70 pretty much guarantees you a challenge tour card, doesn't it? Um, obviously, off the back of how well he's done, he's likely going to get a few starts next season. You'd, you'd, you'd think so. but Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, top 25 over these next two rounds now to finish it. Uh, go on to get a DP World Tour card. Yeah, I think just being in and around that mix and getting a little taste for it all and just he'll, he'll his hunger will be strong. Well, yeah, it definitely, yeah. I mean, he didn't get a win on clutch this year. He played tier one all season, but he had a, I think he had a couple of second places. I know he definitely finished second once. He had a handful of top tens and top fives. So, you know, he's always been around and he's been playing well all, all season. Then, obviously, final qualifying um, at West Lanks as well. Got that six one spot, off. one off. Yeah, and, and, I know. A couple of shots off in the end, but it was one space off getting a, a place in the open. And now he's obviously a couple of shots off making that cut and getting into the Well, there's the two rounds to, left. Two rounds left, yeah. Yeah. So six in total. Six total. Yeah, so there's 36 holes left. It's been, it's been cut down to 70 players. So... The top twenty-five now after these next two rounds get a DP World Tour card. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Where did they actually finish? Ninety-eighth, I think. Two hundred in total. Yeah, yeah. It's small margins in golf, isn't it? You know, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. I had a look at his scorecard from day three, and he was four over for his last ten holes yesterday, and then misses out by what three or four shots in total. So, and I was always if buts and maybe's, but yeah, he'll. Um, It'll yeah, that's just that one back, that back ten holes there. Just done him in three bogeys in a row, like them th- three pars there, and he's he's through, isn't he? Potentially, yeah, that's it. So, oh no, he's obviously got to look at, like we said last week, didn't he? He's got to look at this, um, this season as a positive. It's one step closer to where he was the season before. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, keep going, Joey lad. We we'll get you back going. on the pod. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Going like bogey free the day before and then having six, seven bogeys the next day. It's well, that was the two courses as well, wasn't it? The so, same course, that though. The which? That's at the same course. Yeah, so he's played. He played one course and then he played the same course twice and then he's played the other course again. The other course again. Yeah. So, but that third round, the second round, five birdies, no bogeys. And then the same course, round three, he's had seven bogeys. Bloody hell, yeah. So it's like. That's golf for you, isn't it? It is golf, but it's just, it's probably doubly, you know, it's doubly as frustrating, isn't it, when you go back out on the same course and you're like, you're, you're you 10 know. shots worse than what you was the day before. It's yeah. like, what what even went on there? Yeah, did you hear about um, Happy Barn Rat? No. On day one, turns up to the wrong course. Did he? <laughs> just about made his tea time, yeah. Oh, my word. The starter came over to him and was like, um, kid, I'd at the wrong course, mate. So he had to jump in a... In a taxi or a shuttle bus, or an Uber. <laughs> yeah, found an Uber, got straight to the other course, made his tea time. Like, and he's um, he's made the cut. Happy barn rat. Nice. Uh, I think he's about eight under going into the final couple of rounds, so he's got a chance of getting his um, tour card. Didn't think he didn't have it. No, like, he know. seems to be a prominent he's figure. Doesn't he? Yeah, he's just a shoe, don't you? But if you finish outside that one one five, is it one one seven? Yeah, you have to go again, don't you? Unfortunately, unless you've got some exemptions. But what's your bus then? This this tournament this week, to be honest. Yeah, man's Rory. Yeah, he's already won, and it's the title of the show this week. Yeah, yeah. Rory reigns. But you know, what's the point in having a DP World 
World Tour Championships if you're not playing. It's already over, yeah. Yeah, it's a real anti-climax, yeah. Obviously not Rory's fault. You know, he just goes no, of out. of course, and, yeah. He goes out and collects his points, doesn't he? But, you know. So it was based on, like, how did it even work? How does it act? Like, was, was Ram playing this week? Ram didn't play this week, no. And so if they both haven't played, how wasn't it decided beforehand? Do you know what? I don't know. That's what I couldn't. That's one thing I just couldn't understand. Because Rory didn't play this week either, did he? No. So, if he was already two thousand points ahead of him, how does it? Why did Nick finish the week before? Is it maybe because Moran could have won and got closer into second place? No, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, third. That's wasn't, the thing I can think of. I wasn't thinking about third there. Yeah, maybe if Moran won, maybe because Max Homer won and Moran never. That's why. Uh, I see. So there could have been someone. I was thinking it was just John Ram that could have caused him, but I see what you mean because they had two events. Because they had two events. So, like yeah. in the real bust. Is John Ram not playing? Yeah, and trying to win it. Yeah, yeah. Like if he knew mathematically, what I don't get right, what annoys me? Because John, no, because yeah. So John Ram could have turned up in South Africa, gained some points, and then won, and then got 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 the win. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know where Rory would have had to finish in the. Yeah, in the DP World Tour Championships to get it over the line. He might yeah, just need it, to make the cut. There was no cut, is there? It's just 50, 50 people. Yeah, you're right there. Maybe he just needs to finish. Interesting. But if you look at it, though, like this is what annoys me. Like Rory McIlroy's played nine qualifying tournaments and got for, and, and then won. John Rahm's played seven. And then, you know, he's second. Whereas oh, yeah. Adrian Moronk has played 23. Won a couple, played well all season, being by far the best player on the tour, and he's third. hasn't got no chance of, get, of winning it. Yeah, well, even Ryan Fox as well. He was he's got two thousand eight hundred and something points, two thousand eight hundred and three. We're on two thousand eight hundred and sixty nine, and then Rory's five thousand one hundred and sixty four. So, I mean, Rory hasn't won a major, though, has he? No, he had a couple of a couple of decent finishes, though, didn't he? Well, this is what I'm saying, yeah. But John Rams won a mate. Like it's, it's the whole point system just doesn't seem to. You know, there's 43 tournaments. Well, he won the Genesis, didn't he, Rory? The Scottish Open. So that's a Rolex. So that would have given you a good few points, wouldn't it? That's 1,335 points. Yeah. Come second at the US Open. That's a thousand, 1,113 points. So. He's obviously had a boss season, hasn't he, but... Yeah, but... So, Rory McIlroy's won twice this season. AJ Moronk's won three times this season. They both had one third place finish, and they both had three top tens. So... Yeah, it's what Rory's top tens are in, like, Wentworth, and they're in the US Open. It's just... Yeah. And then you look at John Rahm's win, win record. He's won one. Come second in one and three top tens, but obviously his win was the green jacket, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. The, that's when you talk about taking making everything separate, isn't it? Yeah. So like, remember when I think Tiger for a couple of years like would have topped the money list just from his majors, but they never could award him because he wasn't a DP World Tour member. Yeah. So then really, you should. I don't know, should you really have to pick your... 
I don't know, if you look at John well, Rahm... You'll have to play more than that events, wouldn't you? Well, there's 43 tournaments in total. It says 43 tournaments, 25 countries, one champion. But that one champion's played in nine tournaments. And it'd be interesting to see how many countries that over, because a lot of them would have been in America, qualifying tournaments. Yeah. Well, yeah, for, for Moronk's win, he got 710 points for the for the Andalusia Masters. Yeah. It's like it's a half, isn't it, what, what Rory was getting? Well, that's it, yeah. Victor Hovland played in seven qualifying tournaments. He's in 14th. And then one of the other things with me bust was obviously a podcast guest of ours who's had a decent season, really, um, Marcus Hillykiddle. He had a disappointing... Um, tournament in South Africa last week but he finished 51st and missed out, he was on 950 points and Daniel Brown who finished 50th and got in was on 950.3 points no, sorry, wow. 951.4 points so in total it was 1.11 points Marcus Hillykiddle but like it would mean, it means more for Marcus to play in that tournament than it does for like a you know yeah, so Sepp Strack has played in eight tournaments and sitting 40th. Sepp Strack right. will obviously want to come over and play in that this tournament, and he will do that. But, you know, someone like Marcus, who's played in, what's he played in? 24 events. Jans Danthorpe, he moved up four places and got to 49th. He's played in 31 events out of 43 this year and just scraped in. Now, obviously, he's just took advantage of playing in as many tournaments as he could and had a few good finishes and got and got in there. So he's benefited from playing in every tournament, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, he's played in seven more tournaments than Marcus. If Marcus would have played in a few more, he might have got in. You never know. But yeah. I think the whole point, the bust, going back to obviously why we're talking about this, the bust is you don't want to exclude the top players in the world from gaining points because you want to see them play in as many DP World tournaments as possible because it does prop the field up and it does make for a better event. But at the same time, you want to make it a little bit fairer on the guys who have played the tour all year to give them a chance of being crowned the DP World Tour champion. And Adrian Mironk's a prime example. You know, unlucky not to get into the Ryder Cup given his season. And now, you know, the icing on the cake, he's won three times. He's played 23 tournaments over half the events on the DP World Tour. And he goes into this final event with nothing to play for, really, because he's already secured his PJ Tour car for next season. Yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a tough one, and it? it's like we've always said: the world world ranking and the everything just needs scrapping and taking back to the drawing board, doesn't it? Well, yeah, you know, we're going through a real transition in golf, aren't we? And this is one of the things that probably after this, it needs looking at, doesn't it? Because you can't build up this as the final tournament. This is the DP World Tour rankings, the, the Tour Championship, the final event, and you're not playing for the Tour Championship. It's already won. Yeah. Tell so you, he's had a sneaky little good season there. Like in the, I, mean, I, I can't remember if he, if he has one or maybe he has. Vincent Norman, he's only played six events and he's finished 12th. Well, he's 12th at the minute. Yeah, so did he... There's a lot of... Um, there's a couple of DP World Tour events that... Um, crossover. Yeah, like, well, that's what I mean. That's why I'm saying it should be left alone, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, so he's... Let's have a look. He won the Irish Open and he won the Barbasol. Yes, he's won the, the co-sanctioned event as well. Yeah, so... Uh, and then he's finished 
20 tied 25th at the Barracuda, uh, tied 18th at the BMW PJ Championships, and finished tied 15th in the Ned Bank last week. They're the only five tournaments he, he's played in six in total, hasn't he? Six, yeah, yeah, they're his last five performances, yeah. So, yeah, I think that you know, a thousand points for winning the Irish Open. 710 points winning the Barbasol. Those two victories alone would have got him in. But it just goes on to say that, you know, if he... It, so, for winning the Barbasol, you get 710 points. To get in the top 50... Like, you have to play six or more, and John Rounds played, only played seven. Yeah. It's like... So, 951 points got in, and you got 710 for winning the Barbasol. Hmm. So you could basically play the Barbasol, play one more event. So you've got to play six. Yeah. Okay, so that's the criteria. So yeah, Aaron Rise played six. He just missed out. He finished 52nd. Like you say Norman's played six and just and, and he's he's well and obviously because of his wins as well. But yeah, if he wins the Irish Open, he probably deserves to get in there. But it's, it's no, obviously he deserves to be there by many because he had a win and he's had obviously won over, over the pond as well. But... I don't know, I just think that, as you say, people who are paying 27, 30 events and racking up the same as a couple of, like a one PJ Tour win, it's 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 hard to compete against, isn't it, when there's more points on offer? It's like the world rankings. There's a couple of things, isn't there? That, you know, why why only 50 in the field? Why not extend the field out? Yeah. Why are you only opening it to 50 players? They're just trying to make it sort of FedExy, aren't they? Because they have 30. Mm, so they chop it down, but... If they just want to do that, they should lead it up where they lose them and it all like make builds a bit of excitement. Whereas like like and then do you know what? This is going against what I originally always say, but East Lake where they all start in a position in thirty with all the unders, it yeah. gives it an exciting tournament. If this was an America now, I'd say the Americans would be going bananas saying like it's over. What's the point? Yeah. Well that's what we're saying though, that's why it's our bust, isn't it? It is Oh no, exactly. Yeah, but I've I've always been against the East Lakes format, but then it's it stops this happening. Well, there's got to be a balance, hasn't there? It's like, yeah. it's if you don't like the East League format, you can't have it this way. I just think that, like, it's like, well, again, if this was the East League format, this is a bit hypocritical here, <laughs> if this was the East League format, I'd be saying, well, Rory doesn't deserve to lose this event. Like, <laughs> like yeah. so it's... Yeah, he's a deserved. But, you know, you'd say that if Rory had played in, I don't know, say eighteen. Yeah, like if he'd worked his way up the way like Hovland sort of did. Like if he'd have, if if Rory would have played in like double the amount of DP, I know I know it's virtually impossible because they've got a full PJ tour schedule. So the only way to really get them involved is to obviously get them over for the Rolex events and get them to play the the dual events and obviously the the majors count as well. So if you think about it, if Rory plays all the Rolex events, he plays uh, all the majors and then he plays. Um, the other WGC counting events, then you know, that's probably nine, isn't it? Yeah. So to get Rory, to Rory sometimes they're probably just happy Irish. to get him for what they can get him for, aren't they? Yeah. Like at the minute, like so. That's it. But nothing will be changed here. Nothing will be changed here. <laughs> so obviously, before we started the birdie boogie bus there, and we get on to uh, the golf that we well, briefly spoke about the golf anyway. But um, Liv's golf transfer window officially opened. It's a bit of golf news I wanted yeah. to, to push by you. So there's obviously three zones. We know about the drop zone. Yeah. Any player finishing 45th and below, they're gone relegated and get a spot into the basically the Q school, which is going to be the 8th to the 10th of December, 72 holes over three days with the final 
day, having 36 holes. Um, that's over at the Abu Dhabi Golf Club in Abu Dhabi. I'd Abu say. Dhabi. Yeah. And obviously there's a 1.5 million pace and then the top three then get a place on live. So the other two zones that have been announced um, is the lock zone and the open zone. So go on. there's bigger golf news than that. Go on. Andy Ogletree is back Andy on live. Andy Ogletree is back. International Series champion. We were worried about him. Like we've, we've had him. We've been watching for him. Well, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't for him to be back because he took the guy. He was the biggest one that we were like, yeah, my God, he's too into live. He's been he's been legged and now he's well, he was playing awful, wasn't he? And then lost his place, wasn't he? And then, and then now he's back. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so now... you're thinking, where's he going to play? And he's went grinded it, put the work in. And now he's back in the big leagues, baby. <laughs> buzzing. So go on, open zones. Yeah. So what um what team do you think he'll be best suited for? Because Wolves, by the sounds of things, is going to leave Bryson uh, Brooks's team, any because. He's probably like an ironhead, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? That's right, really or a clique. <laughs> <laughs> or a niblick or something. Are they still going? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Niblicks. He's um, not a crusher, is he? Or a punch or all that. Might be a smash, though. Nah, he's not a smash him. A four ace. He gets smashed. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go lock zone first, though. Play lock zone first. Um, players finishing in the top 24. Um, I've secured the spot for next year now. So, Even if they're out of contract and all that. Well, this is where it this is where it goes. It gets a bit interesting. So, if they finish in the lock zone, um, at the conclusion of the regular season, they guaranteed an opportunity to play in the Live Golf League next year. So, um, what happens though? Anybody whose contracts expired at the end of twenty three, they are offered a minimum one year contract extension by their existing team. So the players in that category, there's five of them in total. It's Peter Uline at the four aces, um, Arniban Lahiri from the Crushers, Carlos Ortiz from the Fireballs, Richard Bland from Cleeks, and Scott Vincent from the Ironheads. So they all finished top 24, but um, contracts expired. They only had a one-year deal. So they've, they'll automatically be given a one-year contract to stay on that team. Now, what they can do is... Guaranteed. They- Yes, that's finishing the top 24. And who does has the contracts, the captain? Well, I think this is a live thing, this. I think Liv have decided that, like, if you finish in the top four, you've earned your spot on your team. So you get to... If your team want you, though, isn't it? But I don't think the team gets a choice because they finished 24, so they get the player gets the choice. You can, right, either stay on that, you can either stay on that team for one year or the alternative is you can... Reject. Nego- negotiate it with another team. Yeah, you can, re- and then you go into like an open zone. Then, so that's where this open zone is. So players finishing twenty fifth to forty fourth, um, whose contracts are expiring, they become free agents. Anyone who rejects the deal, one year deal from the current team in the top twenty four, they become free agents. And then, um, obviously, this phase two in the open zone that marks the start of what they call what they call the free agency. So, uh, in addition to any top twenty four players who don't who who opt to become free agents, along with players finishing twenty fifth to forty fourth, whose contract expired at the end of twenty twenty three, are all free agents. So these players will be re signed by their previous teams, or they can negotiate a contract with another team that has an open roster spot. So if you're if you're so my sorry my biggest gripe about it is. 
what happens with the PGA Tour mainframe? And then if players are allowed to go freely, what if like a Ram, Morikawa, a Justin Thomas, a Max Homer want to go over and then all these players, where do they go? Well, that's to be seen, isn't it? I suppose if you finish in, if you finish from 25 to 44, you're not guaranteed a spot on live. You become a free agent. So if nobody wants you on their team and they get somebody else, you haven't got a spot on live by the looks of things. Yeah, so what do you go and requalify? <laughs> no idea. Asian tour, where are you off? It's, it's it's like a bit cutthroat, isn't it? Yeah. So players players who finished in the open zone and are no longer under contract are Pat Perez, David Pugh, Matt Jones, Ben Wiesberger, and Graham McDowell. Like, where is Matt Jones going? Obviously, Australian PJ tour. Unless he gets re-signed. Well, this is it. Yeah. So. The open z- the open zone is the one that's a bit up in the air. I'm not really sure exactly how that's gonna work, but it's basically gonna anybody who anybody who is out of contract and finishes twenty fifth to forty four or finish top twenty four and out of contract and rejects the new one year deal, they all become free agents. And if there's any spots on any of the teams, they can be traded to those teams. Yeah, I don't. No, know. I get all that the in-house politics. I just, I just, I'm worried about the outside influence because it says you can even sign people who aren't on live. So it's like, okay, then. But then, where did the other players go? Well, so I we know, know four people have been relegated, but four people like four know, players have been relegated. Before the Ogle three is coming in, and, and then, then three, there's three in the qualifying in the Q school. So then four spots are already. Going so to that's be a close shot. But then, what about like bigger, well, this is it, the, bigger this, fish? Yeah. So essentially, if if the five players. Who are, who, ex, who are eligible for extensions from the top 24. So Peter Uline, Lahiri, Ortiz, Bland and Scott Vincent. You would imagine they're only going to reject a one-year deal on their team currently if they've already been spoken to by another team and they've got a guaranteed spot. Well, on my another thing, what about Wolf? Well, Wolf's contracted. Well, Kepka hates him, doesn't he? Well... Yeah, they don't seem to get on, do they? I don't know. He's, well, he's contracted, so I don't know if he can... Can he swap? There's nothing, there's nothing in there about swapping. All it says is that... If your team has an open roster spot... So, the only way that your team can have an open roster spot... I don't know, can you kick people off your team? <laughs> I don't know. That's all a bit... It's, that's a, it's all a very cutthroat, it feels. Going back to the original one where, um, what the Tiger would say, some of the stuff I've seen on Live, I couldn't figure out the, what the hell's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, same, point, same Eldrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I'm sure there'll be something out there somewhere which gives us a bit more clarity on. On I on, honestly but... believe that it's it, it, this is all pending what that what the PJ Tour and the PIF do. Yeah, this is just the this looks like this is just a transfer window. So maybe this is a transfer window, and then maybe there's a trade after this. Yeah, because they've full on like they've just robbed every sport, haven't they? Which like they've got like the F one, the pole, they've got the team, like the faster version, like the cricket. Now they're taking the draft from like the NFL. It's yeah, like. Yeah. All the best parts of each sport they put yeah. in to live. Yeah. Start putting little baskets on top of the flag. <laughs> <laughs> For extra points. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... 
it's just confusing, isn't it? To, to be honest, yeah. So it is from from the information that we've got. Let's have a little look and see if we can see any more information about the live golf trade. While you move on to, well, I just wanted to talk on to the about live again. So. Phil Mickelson. So Mark Baldwin sent a letter to Phil Mickelson or sent him a DM, not expecting to hear anything back to get him ready for second stage of Q school. And Phil said uh, three hours later, responded saying, yeah, we'd, what, like, well, we'll meet at 8am at this course. We'll do pitching. We'll play nine holes. The next day we'll meet and we'll play 18 holes and, and, and got him ready and got him focused on what he was, what he was doing. Don't know how he got on like, but it's pretty, um, Sick, like anybody, Mickelson. Yeah, to just do that to someone who's trying to qualify for Q school, it just shows you, though. Yeah, exactly. Type of player he is. Okay, so it says, right. So it looks as though there's going to be an internal transfer where players go in and out of open zones, based on what we mentioned before, and then they're going to have the live golf promotions, which will be the eighth to the tenth of December. Then, following the promotions tournament, the circuit will conduct a draft for teams to select among those four players. So there's going to be a draft for those four players to get selected into teams. So Andy Ogletree and the three qualifiers. And then there's nothing about what happens to any of the other players that are potentially... Yeah, so I don't know whether if you're in the top 44, you'd have to find a team for you, surely. Yeah. Once free agency opens, teams can add any of the top 24 players who didn't re-sign with their current teams, as well as players who finished 25th to 44 in the individual point standings and have expiring contracts. Plays in the open zone with expiring deals are not required to re-sign with their current teams and their teams are not required to bring them back. So I'm not I'm sure. Just, I, I get it, but I'm just wondering where... where is it, what, so is I think it, that's it. I think the top Asian four... job? No, but I don't think they can kick them off. I think finishing 44th and above guarantees your place on live for next year. So your question there about... I'm if, talking about the open zoners, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, so open zone is anyone for And why would you want to stay on a team that you're not wanted? Because you move to another team. Oh, I see. If your contract expires. You know what I mean? If you've yeah, just but you that you said there's only three players that are out of contract, isn't it? Five. Five oh yeah, so one of them. So there's five players who finish in the top twenty five out of contract, and then there's five players who finish from twenty five to forty four. So there's a total of ten players that have got no contract who the top five from the top 24 can stay with the teams and sign a one-year deal if they want to. Um, but the ones who finished from 25th to 44th, who've got a one-year deal, they haven't got the... They go into... Like, the so Pat team. Perez is being carried by the four aces and he's out of contract. Yeah, so he could go to the Ironheads. What if they don't want him? Well, this is what we don't know, yeah? Yeah. Mad, isn't but it? I don't know. I mean, it may be out there somewhere. I mean, I'm just more like... No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's mad, it's, isn't it? It's interesting. It is. It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. He's been, he's been riding the wave, old Perezzi, like, honey. <laughs> yeah, Pat Perez, David Pugh, Matt Jones, Ben Wiesberger, and Graham McDowell. They're the five that 
finished from 25th to 44th. I mean, it'd be a bit harsh if you finished 25th all season, your contract went out, and then you just got told to leave, live. Well, this no is what this you. is what this is what I'm this is what I'm this is what's keeping me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, just a little bit more, like for, like mad news because I was on Target. The Target search was bringing out when Joe LaCarver and Rory had a bust up. Yeah, at the Ryder Cup, he went back to his room, Rory, and there was three texts and two missed calls off Target. Was the yeah. yeah? So we sent him a quick message saying it will be fine. Long day. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> a little shit back. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So obviously some golf to review then. Obviously the Neb Bank Golf Challenge before we move on to the um because we've we've done the Bermuda, haven't you? Yeah, there's just no talk about the Bermuda first while I've got it fresh in my mind. So obviously come as we said, Vajegas got his end of his nine year drought. But he's put it, give a big thank you to Adam Scott. He said that they were down in Quail Hollow uh, just before the President's Cup, and he's watching Adam put with the broom handle putter and the lab putter, which stands for lie angle balance. And he was like, go on, give, let me try it. So we tried all the different lengths, different uh, things. And he said that the, the way the, the putter fits and it used to get his hands quite low, keeps his hands up in the air. And he said, Scott, he was just rolling them in from all different angles. So he he um, he went with the with the change and that's what's brought around the, the victory. Swing for show, puff for dough. Puff for dough, but yeah. Well, interesting, Adam Scott, he, um, he had a good little, little finish to the season there, didn't he? It's a good bit of form. And then to his debut for the Boston Common. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the guys who's going to be playing the first one under Rory's team, and he, Keegan Bradley, and Tittle Hatton. Well, it's, uh, it's just another up in the air, isn't it? All this team gear, like, it's just up in the air, isn't it? I see what they're doing. No, I can see it as well, of course, but it's um, but yeah, it's, I think like the way like the majestics are all English and like the rippers are like Australian, like it works better when a nation can get behind them, like. We've really got behind the, the, the Majestics, like, but... Well, no, but I know what you're saying, but these have gone for more cities, cities yeah. inside of America, haven't they? Yeah. So you get the... Rather than, like, like you say, getting England behind the Majestics, these are more going, like, get the city of Boston around the Boston Common. Well, so we've got Fitzpatrick and Tommy. Are they going to... And Tittle Hatton. And Tittle Hatton. They're going to have a... Are they going to be New England or something? <laughs> Well, Tittle's on Boston Common, isn't he? Oh, there you go. So, well, like, it makes no sense, does it? Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll we see will. What, we'll see what comes of it. We will. Before we move on to the Ned Bank and then on to the um, DP World Tour champs, shout out to Jack McPhail. Yeah, Alps Tour. First yeah, stage, yeah, First stage on the Alps Tour, shot level par three under to finish third um, for his 36 holes into final stages in Rome. Boss. On Wednesday, that starts. So, uh, best of luck to Jack as he uh, tries to get on the Alps Tour for next season. He's just no, brilliant. Pro. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, he's some boy, isn't he? Yeah, quality. Yeah. Netbank Golf Challenge then. Big showing for the Americans, wasn't it? There's levels to the game, isn't there? Yeah. You see what Max Homer done taking that apart there. I know he's been playing well all season, but to just come and just to tear the field apart and. It's uh, it's surprising that it's his first win outside of the the states, really, isn't it? Well, he doesn't really play outside the States, does he? I know, yeah. Well, that's why it's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> what does he play? The Scottish Open and the Open? Yeah, he plays the Scottish, plays the Open, yeah. He's like, he's been going for a couple of years, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, I suppose. Player yeah. of his calibre. Yeah. It was, it, it, well, 
I backed JT, didn't I? He had two rounds of six under. Who's that? I backed Tommy, wasn't it? Yeah, and two rounds of level par. Finished fourth in the end, JT. But it's good to see him back in some form as well, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is it is good. Obviously, getting his Ryder Cup, what would you call that? Blessing, would you? Yeah, had experience, wasn't it? Yeah. Picked him based on his experience. It didn't pan out for the Americans in, in this year's Ryder Cup. But, you know, would Keegan Bradley have done better? You just don't know, do Who you? Who knows, yeah. Uh, Swedish golf again on the on the rise in like the top twenty five. You've got like five players from from Sweden all all playing well. Yeah, well that Jens Dan Thorpe, he was the one who um, had a strong finish to get into the to get a spot for this week. Him and Matt Wallace, biggest risers to to get the spots. Yeah, he yeah. finished like twenty sixth or twenty sixth. Well, yeah, he had um, he shot a third round five over par. Matt Wallace and he's the low one um, and shot a bogey three five under on Sunday. Moved up seven places to to finish forty eighth place, and just grab one of the last spots for the for the championship. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's literally it's a shot. You get a shot there, and you look back over the season. Well, that's it. I think you know it's the decisions as well on your calendar, isn't it? To you know, I'm no, gonna, of course, I'm skip that event, or I'm not going to play there. And you know, if you'd have made the effort to just go there and play that event. You might it might have got it might have got you over the line. Obviously, yeah. I know you can't predict anything, but that's how you could you could argue or play in every tournament. Then, if that's the case, but yeah, well, yeah. You've, like I remember speaking. I've probably said this before on the podcast. But I was speaking to Lee Slattery, and he said that he worked out that if he was one shot better per tournament, quarter of a shot around, then he would have ten times what he earned. Yeah, I'm at that over a span of what ten years, just his career. Yeah, probably twenty, isn't it? Twenty years, yeah. I know. Dan Bradbury, he finished uh, highest English player. He moved up eleven places to thirty seventh. He was forty eighth going into the um, the final, well, the, the penultimate tournament of the of the DP World Tour. So a strong finish for him. Um, he had a couple of rounds with JT as well. Yeah, well, big Max jump Holmes, for he... big jump for Nikolai Hoygaard as well. He jumped up twenty four places to tenth. Yeah, big da. Yeah. Thorborn Olsen, obviously he's been having a bit of a an all right season. I need to be fair, but well, I think he's fourth or fifth in the, what is he? No, sixth, yeah. sixth in the in the in the standings yet. So doesn't mean you could be talking about these players with a chance to win. Yeah, no, I, exactly. Chance. The whole like imagine this was a staggered start. I love the staggered start, now, me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a couple of players who won't be there this week: Baldwin and Mansell. Um, they needed strong finishes this week and obviously, unfortunately, didn't get them. So their season comes to an end in South Africa. Uh, same as uh, Marcus Hillikill, we mentioned him before, didn't we? And Dan Brown, who took his spot, um, he got the last spot. So he finished 50th and that was including a 15 over 85 in round three. Wow. Yeah, he was 18 over. You should be expelled for that. <laughs> He was 18 over after three rounds. He shot 85 in round three, which included an eight on the second hole and a 10 on the 17th. No. Didn't see what happened there, but um, yeah, he got in ahead, like I said before, 1.11 points ahead of Hiddy Kittle with an um, 85 in the bag. Yeah, just well, like looking at like this, like a player here, Rio Hitsasuni. What did he win? Did he won with that? Was that one with his dad follows him around? I don't know. From Japan. Fifteenth in the in in the rankings. It is one of the ones who's got the one of the PJ Tour cards, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty six events he's played from Japan. Um, 
So he's 21 years of age. So them PJ Tour cards, like they're still up for grabs from everyone else. He won the um, Kazoo Open in France. Yeah. And then he finished, obviously, ninth in the, the Nedbank there, top 10 this week. So so Marcel Seam has a good week this week. He can get onto the PJ Tour. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Some comeback by him. He was on the Challenge Tour like, last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he got through in the Challenge Tour. Yeah, well, this is it. Yeah. Well, do you know, I looked at that and then, yeah, he can do, yeah. Because the players that... So, obviously, Rory and Rahm, they, they're exempt. Mimou Lee and Nikolai Huygard, they've got cards. Vincent Norman and Victor Hovland, they've got cards. So, at the moment, Rasmus Huygard moved up five spots to go over Yannick Paul and Marcel Seam to claim the last PJ Tour card. So, this I was saying to you before about, even though we're not playing for the DP World Tour Championship, the main focus is going to be on these 10 cards. Yeah, so it's 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 basically, like we said, it's a race to see who can finish the best to leave, you know what it to leave the tour. What I what it reminds me of this is like Rory McIlroy's just won the championship. So he's got promoted to the Premier League. Mm. And all these guys with the PJ Tours card chances have all got into the playoffs. Yeah. Looking for that spot to the Champions League. Yeah, yeah that's it. So it reminds you of it's like it's you know this is your chance this is your opportunity. You look at the points you've there's got. A, well, there's a few like people that you wouldn't really think. You know, there's a few like where it could be life changing, like Marcel Seam, like comeback story, NL, Juice Luton, being going, Lawrence Thurston, he gets on the PJ tour. <laughs> Mental Lawrence Thurston, Thurston Lawrence, whatever his name is. <laughs> What's they call him? Lawrence Thurston. <laughs> Lawrence Thurston, man, that is Thurston absolute. Lawrence, yeah, yeah, Lombard Zander. <laughs> but like, it's big. Grand Forest, there's, there's yeah, there's big. There is, and if you look at the point situation there, Marcel Seam one six forty one, Yannick Paul one six fifty nine, Rasmus Huygard one seven thirty six, uh, Rio Hisatunde. One eight one seven, and the winner gets two thousand points here. So if you look, you can go right down to well, even Moronk's at two eight, isn't he? So it's well, you know, Tom McKibben. If Yannick Paul wins, he could get up near third. Oh, yeah, you and Ferguson 42nd. If he wins this week, he gets a PJ tour card, goes from 42nd, then goes and gets a PJ tour card. Brilliant, that you know, yeah. So we'll have 3,111 points, yeah. So be well in. Wow. That's what I mean. Big, it's like, like although Rory's ruined the party, it's it's still a big life changing event. It is, yeah, it's so, a life changing event, but it just shows you, you know, the focus here now is on a promotion to what used to be a challenge, a challenging tour. We used to be competing against each other, and now it's just you out know, the water. Yeah, it's so. you know the the big. You got to remember as well, like this. Let's use you as an example. If you and shoots. And wins this tournament. Sorry, he becomes a Rolex winner, so he gets all the Rolex picks. He gets a PJ Tour card. He'll obviously get the you know ten million for winning this anyway, won't he? But he gets um, how much is it for winning this? It's ten million pairs, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be big. Probably about, <laughs> about a million, won't he? Well, you got a million for last week, in it, so it'd be more than that. Yeah. So 
and then you get you get the half a million for being a rookie on the PJ tour as well. Yeah, with wow. a chance then to work his way up to the. So you're right. It's it it is basically life changing for some of these players that they'll all have because obviously Rory's won this now. They'll all be playing for those cards because if you, I'd have to check the math here, but Daniel Brown, if he wins, he gets the two thousand nine hundred and fifty one pa- points. So where will two nine get? Two point eight million. Ram got last year. So it looks as though because there's two thousand points, anybody in this field in the top fifty who isn't already exempt on the PJ tour wins this week, gets a PJ tour card. Yeah, because if you finish in top ten, you're only getting like two hundred and fifty three points. So there's a massive drop from to fourth. So one, two, three. You get six hundred points for fourth. So any, obviously, I'm just thinking if if someone won come tenth and then someone yeah. below got we only get six hundred points. So, well, that's it. Daniel Brown wins two thousand nine hundred fifty one points. That is getting you the that is getting you the card because currently the final position is one thousand seven hundred thirty six fifty one. Yeah, and then you're only getting like fifty seven points for coming. Like, so if, even if so, like someone who's they can only move up, they, like. Mm-hmm. If you're finishing outside the top 25, you're only getting 100 and odd points. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all to play for. It is all to play for. It just would have been nice if there would have been a couple of things to play for. Obviously, the the event itself, obviously, then PJ Tour cards and the actual Tour Championship, but we've mentioned, yeah. we've mentioned that enough now. Who would you fancy winning this week? You and Ferguson. Yeah. It's a long one. That was a long shot, yeah. That's hard overhead, that. Um, no, I mean the course is long. Oh. <laughs> I think it's a long shot. Um, do you know what? Nikolai Hoygaard's trending, isn't he? He's, he's been playing well all season. Obviously, he had his breakthrough Ryder Cup. It'd be a great way to end the season Yeah, to, to, to win. Um, 7,675 yards. Yeah, bit of a beast. Bit of a beast. A bit of a battle going on there. I know John Rahm's won this three times. Rory's only won it twice. So John Rahm's defending champ, isn't he? Won it last year. Yeah. Obviously, how well he's played all season. Hard to bet against him. But it'd be interesting to see because Rory's playing well as well, isn't he? So Nikolai he's Rory swinger clubs for for a while. Who do you think? I think Hovland in the park as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to go heart overhead again. I'm going to go for you and do it. Get you and get this card and getting it done. Yeah. Now, do you know what's going? I think's going to win it. Marcel Seam. <laughs> That's where my money's going. Do you know what? There's winners all over the field, isn't there? I'm just looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I can't wait. It's a great watch. Anything else before we wrap up? Just the RSM Classic. Yeah. Yeah, Sea Island Resort. It's over two courses. This one. The Sea Island Resort, 7,005 yards, and the Sea Island Resort Plantation, 7,060 yards. So the Plantation, uh, the, sea, the Seaside course for the first two days, and then, no, sorry, the Plantation for the first two days, and then the Seaside taking it for the weekend. Race for the top 125, this is the this is the end. This is the last event of the fall season. Is it, yeah? So you get to the card? Yeah. It's yeah, the top one twenty-five. That yeah, they get the full field, the full uh, events. But then the next ten as well. After that, they also get so from fifty-one to sixty. They also get qualifying for two signature events. So again, it's another one of them all to play for us. Decent. And then there's um, 
a nice little story as well. Identical twin brothers in the field. You've got um, David Ford and Maxwell Ford both playing. Never heard of them. Yeah. Um, they've both played in Division One schools. I think it's saying Maxwell transferred after two seasons at the University of Georgia and joined David at North Carolina. Um, David ranked fifth in the world amateur rankings and Maxwell's ranked 30th. So two amateurs, identical twins, both play at North Carolina together. One's fifth and one's 30th, um, both in the field at the RSM Classic. Funny enough, like one didn't make the cousin, the other one like got injured, the other one could just like play. <laughs> yeah, say that to me. Yeah, to me, yeah. that. So this is the third time um, a pair of twins have competed on the PJ Tour this season. Well, Do you know who the other two were? Um, Xander Shoffley and um, Scotty Shoffley. Sh- <laughs> Scotty Shoffley. <laughs> <laughs> Not a clue. Who? Think about it. Twins. D- um, d- twins. Yeah. Twins. Yep. Twins. So there's been three pairs compete on tour this season. Well, there will be once these two play. Was Lexi Thompson a twin with a with a brother? <laughs> no. It's not exactly like as mad as me first guess. <laughs> I just can't believe you haven't got so Nikolai and Rasmus Hoygaard. Oh my god. And Pearson and Parker Cody. Cody. Oh my god again. <laughs> So the highest ranked player in the field this week is Brian Harmon, world number ten, world number nine. Sorry. Yeah. So it's another one of them mule mule events, as they say. I'm no laying up. I think we've um, we've come to the conclusion, haven't we, because of the way that this has been set up. This is a second tier event. I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, Brian Harmon, Cameron Young, Russell Henley, Corey Connors, Matt Kucha. You're going down fifties now. Yeah, so a few good storylines though, isn't there? And hopefully we'll. Um... Well, yeah, like Matt Matt Kuchin, Mackenzie Hughes, Ben Griffin, Taylor Montgomery, Nick Hardy, Alex Smalley, Luke Liss, JJ Spawn, Sam Ryder, Mark Hubbard. They make up fifty-one to sixty-one. Right. So it's all to play for for them to get into the top one, two, five. Well, that's it. Yeah, you're looking a bit further down. You've got, you know, is Maverick McNeely playing? Mm, not too sure. Yeah, because he's moved out. He's moved from one two four down to one two seven. Henrik Norlander has moved out from one two one to one two six. Ryan Moore has moved up from one forty to one two eight. So he's got a a good opportunity to try and get to get his card. Cameron Champ has moved from one two eight to one thirty five. So there's a couple of names that you know. Kramer Hickok. Remember, he was we went one to one. In that eight-hole playoff, didn't he? With uh, yeah, Harris English. Yeah, a couple of seasons ago. Well, he's obviously in danger of losing his card. He's one hundred and thirty-fourth going into this week. So, um, and obviously you've got players who are just hanging on in there. Matty Smith. He was one of the biggest movers. He moved from one hundred and forty-eighth to one hundred and twentieth by his um, finishing third. Shot twenty-one under final round of. Um, Four under at the Butterfly Bermuda Championships last week, so he's maybe nearly secured his card there. But 
like even if you look at the points, Henrik Norlander is 126th and he's six points behind Carl Yuan. He was on 437 points. There's only six points between them two. So Yeah, the good week last week, Carl Yuan, didn't he? He come yeah. fourth. He come fourth, yeah. So he moved um, from 134th up to 125th. Mm. So, you know, plenty to play for. There is, there is. And then all will be revealed, I think, after that. Well, that's it, yeah. I think once this is going to wrap up the fall season, it's going to wrap up the DP World Tour season. We've got transfers going on. We've got TGL starting. We've got a two-tier system on the PJ Tour next season to look forward to with the designated events. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the DP World Tour with 10 of the best players going away to So is that PGA just golf Tour. over now, is it, after this week until January? Well, there's a couple of events, isn't there? You've got the... PNC in there. Yeah, so on the PJ Tour, you've got the Hero World Challenge. That's well, it's the... got nothing to do with anything. The what? It's got nothing to do with anything, though. No, so the Hero World Challenge is... Tigers event. Tigers event, yeah. So it's a show. Short... But you don't get no FedEx or nothing for it? No, no. That means no. that the FedEx doesn't start again until Jan. January's the first season for, yeah. the, for the new one. You've obviously got the new scheduled events. You've also got the Grand Thornton Invitational, which is the 8th to the 10th of December. That's where men and women are playing in the same field. All oh, right, okay, interesting. Um, there's a $4 million purse for that. So, I think I can't remember who Charlie Hull. Charlie Hull announced the other week who her partner was for this. Can't remember, but yeah, it's men and women partnered together in a team event. Nice. Let me just um, I get that up now and just find out them teams. Justin Rose. Justin Rose, yeah, yeah. So let's have a look at the teams. You've got uh, Madeline Madeline Sagstrom is with Ludwig Aberg. You've got Alison Corpus with Cameron Champ. Um, Lilia Vu is with Joel Damon. Brooke Henderson is with Corey Connors. Lydia Coe is with Jason Day. Celine Boutier is with Harris English. Lexi Thompson with Ricky Fowler. Nelly Corder with Tony Finau. Leona Maguire with Lucas Glover. Mel Reed with Russell Henley. Uh, Andrea Lee is with Billy Horschel. Um, Cheyenne Knight is with Tom Hoagie. Megan Kang, Denny McCarthy, Charlie Hull, Justin Rose. Rose Kang is with Sahithia Gala. And Rhiannon Yin is with Nick Taylor. Nice. So, so yeah, LPGA. Yeah, a decent and, little event. That's been, that's been coming, hasn't it? Yeah. It's in, um, the format for the event, obviously, because we probably won't be doing a podcast back then. Day one on the Friday is going to be a scramble format. So each player is going to hit the tee shot. And the team selects the ball to be used for the next stroke. Uh, from there, both players hit this shot to the green. Uh, from that spot, uh, the process continues and the ball is hold. <laughs> I don't know how scramble works. Like <laughs> <laughs> round two is going to be foursome, so alternate shot. Yep. And then round three is going to be modified four ball format. So both players tee off, and they'll switch balls for this second shot. And play the same ball until it's hold. Um, the lowest score. You could the... do people in with that, couldn't you? Oh, I would absolutely kill people. What's the what? What? How stupid is that? Why? Well, if you hit a shot and it goes into some way you don't like it, you could just hit it the other way. What? What? <laughs> so me and you are in a team. I tee off. You tee off, both tee off. Oh, you play. You go and play my ball, and I go and play your ball and finish the hole up with it. 
and then both scores count. I thought no, no, best score counts. I thought it was I we are opposite teams, and then we had, we play each other's t shot opposite t shots. So I was thinking <laughs> if you put me in the trees, I'll just hit it backwards. <laughs> no, you tee off. Yeah, I see what you mean. I take so your yeah. ball and then I finish out with your ball. Yeah, oh, that's good. A good little format, then. Yeah, what was I on about there? Like that's called absolute sabotage goal. For I'm talking about, but that's in um, the. Tiburon Golf Club and Ritz Carlton in Naples. Naples, man. Yeah, so looking forward to that one. But yeah, that's it on the PJ Tour as well. After that, um, obviously DP World Tour, as we know, that'll finish and it will start again for the Tournament of Champions. No, they got the Fortinet PJ Championship in Australia, which starts. I think it's pretty, pretty soon after. You know, yeah, the twenty third to the twenty sixth. Of November. Yeah, that's got nothing to do with the PJ Tour, has it? Because it's going to be a calendar. No, this is the DP World Tour. Oh, DP, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the DP World Tour starts pretty much straight away. Um, you've got the opening swing, as they're calling it, which is the Fortinet PJ Championship in Australia, followed by the Joe Berg Open. Then you've got the ISPS Handa Australian Open, followed by the South African Open Championship followed by the Alfred Dunhill Lynx, and then followed by the Mauritius Open. That runs right through from the 23rd of November right through to the 17th of December. So right up to the week before Christmas, you've got six events on the DP World Tour Nice to get started. Um, and then the International Swing will start then in Dubai with the Dubai Invitational, followed by the first Rolex event of the year, which is the Hero Dubai Desert Classic. Um in January, and then we crack on. Got the Asian swing, the European swing, um, and then the closing swing. Thanks for all that. All right, anything else you want to know? No, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to it'll be our last podcast next week, likely, won't it? For the season, I'd say so. Yeah, um, we'll try and get Joe Brooks. We'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, eh? We'll see, eh? So, we feel, see how we feel, yeah. Miss you. <laughs> Right then, enjoy your golf as always, people, and we'll see you all soon. Ciao.